You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Oman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on! This week's guest is Ian Weinberger. Ian is the music director and conductor of a little-known show called Hamilton. He was also on the keys as Burger Time in Freestyle Love Supreme Prime Prime. Since Ian and I celebrated Hanukkah together last year at the FLS stage door, I wanted to kick off these eight crazy nights with part one of our conversation from July 7th, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On Live. Enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks for coming on The Show Must Go On line. Today's guest is Ian Weinberger. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so glad to be here with you all. With you and with you all in the world. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and for everyone who's watching at home, if you have any comments, questions, you can just write them all down. I have the whole comment section here from YouTube. So that's wonderful. And how, you know, we always ask like, how are you doing? But like, these have been pretty crazy times in so many ways. So like, how have you been doing like emotionally and Hamill film just came out. So that's like another element. Totally. It's, it's been a roller coaster as I'm sure has been true for most of your guests and for all of you watching and, and for you as well. I think like, I think we've all experienced this in very different ways. Um, and I think for me, it, it comes and goes very quickly you know i think like the, the the ups and downs are very real and i think you know gosh it's been uh it's been so long since the broadway shutdown you know we're, we're about to hit four months and uh i think in that time we've all learned a lot about the nature of our work mm-hmm. and the fragility of that work i mean we all thought that broadway was invincible you know, I think like Broadway has gone dark almost never in its history, but like in very specific times, you know, for like the uh, the crew strike and the musician strike. And then for like a day after 9-11. And that's basically it. And so I remember in March when first sort of rumblings about the, the virus were starting to trickle about like, oh, there are cases in the U.S. now. Yeah. How naive am I thinking? It won't stop us. And, uh, and here we are. And so we've learned a lot about the science in that time. We've learned a lot about our work in that time. We've learned very many things about the world in that time. It's been very tough. But uh, I just miss, I miss work a lot. I miss the people at work a lot. And, you know, uh, an hour ago, I was on our sort of weekly Hamilton Zoom, which we have just to sort of like catch up with people. And we, we, we do it every week anyway, just to say hi and stay in touch and this week was especially fun because of course we all watched the movie and um, that we can talk for sure about the movie, but certainly this moment has been 
you're catching me at the end of a very Hamiltonian resurgence in my brain, which has been really fun because I don't know, for a few weeks there, I was like admittedly not thinking about Hamilton very much. And, um, that was refreshing, honestly. Um, yeah. but, uh, wild to see it again. It was all very exciting. Yeah, I could only imagine working on a show eight times a week for X amount of years, and then poof, it's gone. And then like a hurricane, it just swoops right back in. It's wild. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like a very active topic on the internet. And I'm opening up the New York Times every morning, and there's three or four articles about Hamilton. And I'm like, this is like the old days. You know, I, I was pretty sure that that degree of uh, uh, of prevalence about the show, about the conversation about the show had long since faded. You know, like I remember it well from the first year where like you couldn't yeah. swing a cat on the internet without, that's a phrase I don't really understand, without, um, <laughs> without hitting something about Hamilton. And, yeah. you know, for a moment now we're uh, f- feeling that again, which is yeah. very strange and exciting and all the stranger because we're not at the theater doing it. Um, it's, it's great. And, and I'm thrilled for it. It's just a bizarre thing because it makes me miss it all that much more. Mm, I bet. And, and to everyone, for people who have seen these interviews before, you sometimes notice that my dog will make an appearance or start barking. So if you're like, what is all that barking in the background? That's just Slim living his best life. It just stopped raining. So I Slim? Slim. 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 His sister is shady, so... Sure, naturally. Great. I didn't name them, but I find it kind of funny. I'm going to choose to believe that you did, and that's okay. (laughs) Thank you, yeah. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, I always like to give that disclaimer just because people are like, I'm sorry, wait, is there, like, barking going on? Did I, like, hear that? It's like, you're not not going crazy. So, yes, my friend Andy and I were actually talking this morning about, like, all of the new Hamill fans and being Mm. like, huh, welcome on board. Because it is so funny to think how many more people Disney Plus is now reaching. And, you know, when you're in the Hamilton circle, like you especially because you work with them and me because I'm just like a super fan, it's like you can't imagine that people haven't heard of it, let alone like that they don't know the music and they haven't heard of it. Like that to me is bonkers that in 2020, there's still people who just haven't heard of it. Are you having any family members or friends or like people that you would mention maybe before? Like, oh yeah, I, I'm the music director for Hamilton or I'm, you know, I'm the conductor for Hamilton. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. And now that they've seen it, they're like, yo, yeah. <laughs> It's funny you ask, like, uh, not yet in this weekend since the movie. Um, That definitely did happen. I remember, excuse me, like back in the day, like right when the album dropped. I remember feeling, uh, uh, realizing like this unique thing where I used to have the phenomenon of having to say to my like extended family, yeah, I'm working on this musical. It's called this. It's about this. It's by this person. Okay, well, they wrote this musical. Okay, well, they wrote, never mind, you know, like that sort of thing. And I started to find myself like being able to just start saying, I work at Hamilton. They're like, oh, I know what that is. Um, uh, I'm thrilled that so many people are discovering the show. But uh, listen, I, many of us at, at Hamilton are big West Wing fans. And so I would quote CJ Craig to say, no, it was Sam Seaborn saying to CJ Craig, 
let's forget about the fact that you're late to the party and just embrace the fact that you showed up at all. And um, you're not late to the party because there's there uh, we'll be here. And I'm thrilled that there are more people. And it honestly excites me to get to share the show with with new new folks. Like I would I would honestly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that everyone knowing it and then releasing the movie is the way to go. You know what I mean? Like I'm thrilled that releasing the movie and giving it new eyes um, is is exciting. But to your question, the thing that I have noticed this time around is that I have a number of friends with really young kids because, um, you know, we're at that age. And uh, they I've seen like a couple of videos now of their young kids uh, singing along or just watching the movie and being really excited. Or one one close friend of mine uh, sent me a video of her really young daughter recapping what she had seen so far sort of like describing her take on satisfied, for instance, and she like nails it. And I wrote my friend, I was like, your, your daughter knows it better than I do. But (laughs) the reason I bring it up is that those kids were all born after the show opened. It's, it's wild to me to get to see it, not see it through their eyes, but to get to like wrap my brain around, oh my God, these are like three and four and five year olds uh, who are now just starting to like have the cognitive ability to be like, oh, this is a play that I can watch. Um, It's been really fun. Wow. Yeah, that's such a great point. I've been noticing like the Hamilton Twitter account has been like retweeting. There was this young girl who saw Philippa Sue and she was like, that's me, mom, that's me. And I was like, wasn't that amazing? It was an incredible moment. Right. Like my heart melted because that's why representation matters. And it was so cool to see that and and to hear that that's happening like across the boards, that that wasn't like an isolated incident. Totally right. Totally, totally right. Um, so I want to, I see over here that people are just like commenting away. Lisa, mm. um, who has been a big Hamilton and FLS fan. Sure. Uh, she says, we miss you. We will talk. Hello, about- Lisa. Miss you back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she will love that. And people are just saying, yes, you're amazing. And the new fans, um, perfect. Yes, Julie says perfect West Wing reference. So you're just like. Listen, the West Wing references come very fast, and uh, I'm 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 very excited actually because um, I'm home in Chicago now. I just got here a couple of days ago, and my parents have they they don't know how much of a mistake this was, but they have volunteered to watch the West Wing again with me, um, which I've you know seen many times over, and they watched when it was live on TV on NBC, but haven't seen since. So I'm very excited to like get right back in the in in the game with them. But yes, uh, uh, hello to all of you. I'm glad that the West Wing reference landed on somebody. That makes me happy. Totally did. And, and I apologize. I'm going to just close the door because it sounds like it's just going to be like... Close the door. Whatever it is. It's, it, it is like, you know, you, you made me think, though, about getting to share the, the show with, with folks and especially, you know, with, with the Disney Plus of it all. It, yeah. it does make me excited even people who have seen it live are uh, I've heard from some friends and acquaintances and colleagues who are seeing it with new eyes and who maybe haven't seen it since the first year, second year and, and are, you know, getting a whole new appreciation for it. And I think like I said on the Hamilton call a little while ago, like I think the thing that makes me most excited that struck me while watching it the other night was that uh, there are so many all uh, different takes on on certain moments than people know from the album and yet uh it's the same people you know right like there's leslie saying a line very differently than than he does on on the record or david saying something very differently and like the phrasing is so interesting and like what i love is that that's gonna open people's minds to the possibility that 
which you definitely hear if you see the show live and you know the record. Um, but if you haven't seen the show live and all you know is the record, you're going to hear this back and be like, oh, wow, I've only ever heard it this way before, but there's another option. And what we've said so much at the show, like when I work with actors and when I'm teaching them the music and when we're working on things together is that the brilliance of the writing is such that there are so many different ways to approach most moments. There are, you know, the, the sentences are so um, dense and the language is so brilliant that there are, I always say there are many right answers and many different ways to approach so most moments in the show. There's very little in the way of you have to say it this way. And I'm glad that this is going to open people's minds to that. That makes me really happy. That is such a good point because I know like my Hamilton experience has been like listening to the cast album while I was a reporter in Texas and living in Maryland and just like not knowing ever when I would see it. And so like all I had was that like imagination in my brain. Now I've seen it on Broadway. I've seen Eduham. I've seen it in Chicago, Puerto Rico, London. Like there have been so many. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been, Hamilton bingo. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Get the four across. Yes. That's right. Free space. We've actually joked about this. My boyfriend has seen it. Are you wait for it? Wait for it. 48 times. Oh my God. Yeah. That's more than I've seen it. <laughs> right, I know. And, and we were joking. We were like, hey, Lynn, is it like 50th time free? You know, like, <laughs> That's right. Buy 49, get one free. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And seeing so many different actors and the interpretations have been such a fun journey of Hamilton. And even going from the cast album that like, you know, I could imagine Davi doing this line, but then watching it was like, Oh, him smirking or like having a grin while also rapping guns and ships was like, I wasn't aware that was a thing a person could do. <laughs> totally. Totally. Absolutely right. I think like one of the things that that makes me think of is that our team, this comes top down, you know, Tommy and Andy and, and Alex have always been very clear about the fact that when we're looking for new cast members, especially when the original started to leave, we were looking for those sort of first replacements from then until now, they've been really clear about the idea that no one's looking for carbon copies. Right. I've, I've often joked that like, we don't want Renee. Well, we want Renee, but we don't, you know, we, we don't want somebody trying to be Renee. We yeah. want you. Yeah. And I think that is so important and really uh, is something that we all try to live up to. Those of us who continue to build the show and continue to teach the show. And I think, you know, I love that people say, wow, I never thought it could be that way. Or I saw so many different takes this time. And I'll tell you that, you know, I've seen, I don't know, 20 odd people play the role. That role and basically all of them are so very well written that there is so much to mine in there and there's so many like I said there's so many right answers and there's so much possibility I remember going you saw it in London and uh did you see Giles as Burr the the original guy who who won the Olivier for it we just saw it on my birthday January 14th of this past year so like of 2020 got it, got it. oh very recently yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. then I'm best I'm betting you probably did not because I think he might have left there but nevertheless Giles especially but I'm sure the same is true with your experience like I don't know, maybe it's just the British interpretation. Like I sat there in London, just like blown away by him. You know, I thought I knew the show pretty well. By then I had, I had been with it three years and I was just so amazed by the possibilities that he, that he brought to it. I was like, I never considered that. The one that that pops to my mind is in the, um, 
everybody's favorite song, Skylar Defeated, where, uh, what's the line? Um, wow, it's, this is, this is how long I've been away from the show. How does it go? Uh, uh, to, uh, it's not my, what, but upstate, people think you're crooked. What, what comes right before that? I have no oh. memory of this. Oh my God. No, I, I can see him like doing the little dance. Um, it doesn't matter. But the point is there's the line, but upstate people think you're crooked. And I loved the way he said, but upstate. And there was just this big emphasis on, on that mm-hmm. syllable. And, and he sort of like gave it this energy that, that said to me, at least from an, as an audience member, the subtext was like you, the city slicker, Hamilton elitist have no idea what the real people say in the country. Um, uh, but upstate people think you're crooked. And I just, I was so amazed by that line reading. Um, so it was that level of excitement. So I took it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) anyway, blah, 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 blah. I was, I, I, I'm thrilled that people continue to get so many different things from I do too. So I want to go back to your origin story. Like, how did Mm. you get involved in music and being a music director and all of this to begin with that then led you to Hamilton? Okay. Uh, I shut me up. If this gets too long, please. Um, (laughs) It's, it's funny. You asked me this now because I I said to you right before we went online, I'm actually in my childhood bedroom, um, which is, which is wild for me. And it's almost empty. You can see there's like nothing on the wall except my little Northwestern clock. Because uh, uh, my, my parents are moving. So I've like packed up the whole uh, uh, whole house. So like there's nothing in this bedroom except what I brought with me and the clock. So it's a little wild that you asked me that question in this room. The very short answer to this question is that when I left this bedroom to go to college at Northwestern, I was, uh, yes, Kaylee, Bretta, go cats. I can't believe you're here. Yeah. Nice to see you. Uh, <laughs> one of my dear friends and collaborators, and we'll get into that later. Oh, um, uh, I went to Northwestern to, to study music education. I was going to be a high school band director. Mm-hmm. And so my whole intent at that point was to get a teaching degree and, uh, and get a job in a high school somewhere and, and teach band. And I was very excited to do that. And um, I had I ended up doing some theater at school on um, sort of on the side at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And I the more I, I did of that, the more I was excited first as a pit musician, as a drummer originally, and then like as an associate music director and then as a music director. And I had no idea what a music director was because especially at that time, but even a little bit now, like very few people teach music directing. Mm-hmm. Um there, there is now sort of a program at Northwestern, ironically, but, but since I left and, um, so that nobody really teaches how to do it or what it is. So many of us just sort of like learned on the fly. Um, but the more of it that I tried and failed, tried to learn from it, the more I got very excited by it. So when I left school, it was either apply for a teaching job or, uh, attempt a, a, a theater life. And that's how I sort of chose this life of crime. And, um, I, um, moved to New York. And with the, with the dream of conducting on Broadway someday, because I was like, well, that looks really cool. Uh, and I used to go to, um, to shows in Chicago and to visit New York and go see a Broadway show. And like, I used to look such nerd out about the conductor just as a fan. Like I used to very much like sit in that, I was that kid sitting in the audience being like, what's, what's that guy doing? Like what's, what's the deal there? And I used to like very much nerd out about like, Oh, he's cueing something or who's he talking to on the phone? You know, like, uh, all of that stuff. What happened next? I blinked and then Hamilton, it was, um, I was a good blink. Honestly, I was, um, I was working on a bunch of different Broadway shows and off Broadway shows as a music assistant for a while, which is very much exactly what it sounds like the assistant to the music department, um, which is, Oh, nice glasses. Um, which is like sitting in the corner of the rehearsal room, 
and trying not to bother anybody and sort of helping, basically being the stage manager for the music department as the show evolves, helping, uh, making sure that everybody has the the newest version of the music. Or if we cut four bars, it's your job on the computer to update the music so that those four bars are removed from the show. Or if they change the dialogue, now we put the dialogue in the music. Or if we rewrite the ensemble vocals, whatever it may be, you're sort of the like nerd in the corner updating the score for everybody. So I... Loved those experiences because I got to work for the pros and watch them at work and ask questions. And all these people that I really sort of looked up to a lot then and still do, I I learned so much from those experiences. And the short version is, well, it could have been short up until now, was that I um, was the music assistant on a show called Chaplin, which maybe some of you have seen, um, which, which ran on Broadway for like four months. And as a sort of thank you for the work I did on Chaplin, the music director, Brian Perry, uh, asked if I wanted to be a sub uh, in the orchestra after opening, which of course I did. Uh, I did want to be, that is. And it was my first time subbing on Broadway. And the show sort of came and went very quickly, but having that opportunity as a sub sort of gave me the street cred to be a sub elsewhere. And so I started subbing uh, pretty soon after that on Kinky Boots as a keyboard player and then eventually as a conductor and I loved that Kinky Boots family so much and I, I often say the difference there are many differences between Kinky Boots and Chaplin but one of them is that Kinky Boots was a major hit and ran six years and so they needed subs for that long period of time and so I was able to be there a lot and so I got a lot of experience as a player and as a conductor getting to do that show a lot and so Kinky Boots led me to Book of Mormon as a sub because uh, those shows have sort of the same musical family. And Stephen Aremis and Brian Yusufer are, are dear friends and, and uh, people I look up to very much. And they sort of brought me from one to the other. And so I'm sort of subbing around on those two shows and a couple of other shows that came and went. I was, uh, I was subbing for a while on Rocky, which was really fun. Uh, and on, on the Sideshow Revival, which was really fun. I'm forgetting one. There was a Little Miss Sunshine musical off-Broadway. Um, what? Which there was, which I loved, and oh, I don't know if other people did, but I did, and um, it was really fun to play. Anyway, it is now like 2014. I get a call from Alex Lacamoire, who I had heard of and was a very big fan of. I, I knew like every note of the In the Heights album. Uh, I had like blasted it in my car, driving like on the street outside here. Over and over and over. And um, he knew me through a former boss of mine, a current boss of mine in some ways, Emily Grishman, who's a mentor, a music copyist. And he knew me through her, but he also knew my sister because my sister at the time was a musical theater actor and had done the second national tour of Bring It On. This story is getting very long, but it's almost over. And um, so my sister had done Bring It On. There it is. And so she had done, she knew Lack and she knew Andy Blank and Bueller that way and the rest of the family. So he calls me and I was remembering today, like the first thing we talked about was my sister and how much he loves my sister. And I'm like, yeah, my sister's rad. Anyway, he is, uh, he was looking for basically an associate music director, uh, somebody to basically uh, fill in for him on the reading of a a five day reading of a new musical. He says, this musical doesn't have a title yet, but it's uh, the star is Ben Platt and uh, Ben Pasek and Justin Paul wrote the music and it's a really great score. And we're really excited about what it is. And would you come and do this with me? And I was like, well, I I have heard of those people and uh, that all sounds very exciting. And so I, of course the show turns out to be Jeremy Hansen and I was floored by it. 
fell in love with it. And the very short version is that I fell in love with Dear Evan Hansen and basically bothered him to stay involved with that show. And he essentially poached me from the one project and brought me to the other, which was very, very nice of him. And um, what, what ended up happening was that I kept bothering him about Dear Evan Hansen and he essentially kept saying, no, I think I'm all set in that world, at which point I figured I was never working for him again. And he comes back to me and says, well, but actually, what are you doing right now? And right now was Hamilton had just opened at the public. This is March of 2015. And it opened about a week and a half earlier. And they needed an, another rehearsal pianist because they had announced their third extension at the public because, of course, you couldn't get a ticket. And um, Alex and his associate, Kurt, dear friend of mine, were um, both too busy to yeah. be doing rehearsals once the extension happened. So they hired me. And um, yes, I would say that I was swapped out, says my dear friend, Kara, who works in food TV and knows that a swap out is that thing. I learned this when you have the like the casserole and you put the casserole in with all the ingredients and you put the one in the oven and then you take out the done one. I learned that that's a swap out. Okay. Anyway, um, you know, what can I say? Anyway, so I came on board as a rehearsal pianist like two weeks after the show opened. And my job essentially was to teach the understudies because the thing that I think makes this original cast unique purely by necessity of the show originating as an off-Broadway musical was that all, almost all of that original ensemble had understudies as principals. And uh, the, uh, all of them, I think, but one, I'm going to get that wrong, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure that's true. And so my gig, uh, exactly. So my gig was to sit with them one-on-one uh, in, a, in Alex's dressing room at the public, which had a keyboard in it and teach them the show because of course they were all in the show in their ensemble tracks, but many of them had no idea what the principals were actually doing because as you've all now seen, they're individual tracks as ensemble members are so intense and so involved and they have so much to learn. It's not as if they're spending their off moments like reviewing their principal stuff. And I remember so many instances of being with those ensemble members and we were looking at music together and they'd be like, that's what these lyrics are? Or, or like under or like learning things for the very first time. It was yeah. fascinating. And who could blame them? Because they're doing so many other things. Anyway, my, my very first day was with John Rua who's the original uh, Charles Lee. And we, uh, I taught him the Hamilton track. And we sat in Alex's dressing room and sort of started at the beginning and got as far as we got in like four hours. And um, it was fascinating. And I learned so much. And, and then fast forward to now, Broadway happened and I started ah, subbing cool. there. And fast flash forward, I was there as a conductor and then I became the associate music director. And then I became the music director. And like 45 minutes later, Broadway shut down. And now it's today. Wow. That was a long answer. That's, well, I mean, Sorry it's about quite, that. please, it's quite the origin story. I love to hear that you were like pestering, maybe is maybe a strong word to say about to Alex, but it paid off. It's like what I'm thinking of with Chris Jackson. Every time he would talk to Lynn within the Heights, he's like, yo, uh, act two solo. What up? And then we got one last time. So sometimes asking for what you want is a good thing. And I, I love that story. And it is so crazy to think those ensemble members and swings and like, don't even get me started on universal swings. Totally. What? I, I the, can't understand. Those, <laughs> yeah. Those brains are, are truly unbelievable. I'm so amazed by them and their, their work ethic and their knowledge of the show is, is truly unmatched. And, um, 
I, I give them such major props. Those people who cover multiple roles and cover multiple roles times multiple cities. I'm amazed by them. They work so, so hard. I could only imagine. It's kind of funny that you brought up John Rua out of everyone because fun fact for your day, John Rua danced at my bat mitzvah. He danced at your bat mitzvah? He was one of the dancers. You know how there are like dancers at I do know how there are dancers. I know all too well how, the, how there are dancers. And John Rua was one of the dancers? He was one of the dancers. A, a family friend, a cousin, you know, connection. And we I'm were amazed. looking. It was so funny. I only realized it really because Lynn had tweeted out maybe like a year or two ago, like, I used to dance at bat mitzvahs. I think he said like in Boston, which is kind of random. And so everyone was like, you should see if because the, the timing was right around when it would have been my bat mitzvah. And even though Westchester, like that could have, that could have happened. So I was looking at pictures and I was like, wait, that's John Rua. <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. It should be the first line on his resume. I think so too. Like Hamilton, pretty cool in the Heights, whatever, like amazing choreographer, but like sure. dance that shows bat mitzvah. We all know where the priorities should lie. Absolutely. Yeah. That's actually the beginning of his origin story. That's right. And on that bot mitzvah note, thanks for listening to the 11th episode of B-Way Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. The first night of Hanukkah is Thursday, so we're kicking off the eight nights of Shonaka. Join the Twitter watch party every night for eight crazy nights. We're starting with the best of Broadway on the 10th, the prom on the 11th, Hamilton on the 12th, Jagged Little Pills Reunion Concert on the 13th, Carousel the 14th, Cabaret the 15th, Company the 16th, and now is the time to seize the day with Newsies on the 17th. Light the menorah, turn on the tunes, and tweet along with the hashtag Shonika. That's S-H-O-N-U-K-K-A-H. Remember, this is just part one of my conversation with Ian. So just like the festival, you'll be back. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon, for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, and Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva, for the cool cover art. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtreon! Head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We do weekly trivia and monthly video chats. It's a fun time. Come check it out. We don't know the future of live theater, or when Broadway will be back, but we do know it's on all of us to get through this pandemic. Wear a mask, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.